0: show, and today is a Q&A Weekends episode where we answer your question right here on the show. If you have a question you want to ask, just email us over at support at businessrepublic.net. We would love to answer your question here on Q&A Weekends. As always, I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Omar Zenhom. I'm also the co-founder of The $100 MBA, a complete business training and community online over at 100mba.net. And today's question comes from Nandita, and Nandita asks... How important is it to have an audience prior to launching your podcast show? This is a good question because a lot of people struggle with this because it's kind of like the chicken or the egg which comes first. Do I start a podcast to grow an audience or should I have an audience first to invite them to my podcast? I've been asked this question before about business, about starting a business. Should you have an audience before you start a business or sell a product? But I've never been asked about starting a podcast, which is interesting because a lot of people start podcasts to grow their audience. But then they say they struggle to get the show going, to get it ranked quite high on iTunes, or to get new noteworthy, or just to get people interested in their podcast. We're going to take a deep dive on this question and talk about what you should do. Should you wait? Should you grow your audience first, then start the podcast? Or should you just get going? Should you just start the podcast to grow your audience? And then five ways to get people to go to your podcast, to get new people to your podcast, to grow your audience that way. Also talk about why you should start a podcast other than just growing the audience. A little something I learned after over 800 episodes. So I can't wait to get into this one. So let's get down to business. Today's episode of the $100 NBA show is brought to you by TopTal. If you're looking to hire a top talent designer or developer, you gotta go with TopTal. We use TopTal to find our fantastic UX UI designer arena, and the process is pain free. They sit down with you, they ask you some questions, they find out what you're looking for, they find out your budget, and they bring you only the best candidates for the job. You interview them, you just choose, and you get going. It couldn't be simpler. It will save you time, it will save you money, it will save you headaches. Get a free 14-day trial over at 100mba.net slash TopTal. Again, that special link is 100mba.net slash T-O-P-T-A-L. Now, I touched on Nandita's question briefly at the start of this episode, but let me go into depth. Let me give you the full picture. She writes in and says, Dear Omar and Nicole, I'm working on starting a podcast show now. When I launched my business a couple years back, I realized one of the biggest mistakes I made was not building an audience prior to launching my business. Because when I launched my business, I can only communicate to my friends and family, which was pointless because they weren't my customer. I don't want to repeat the same mistake again. With starting a podcast, a lot of people just advised me to create great content. I've been told that building an audience, even after the launch of the podcast, is a tried and true process. And it's a method that works. I want to know your thoughts on this. I know that the $100 MBA was your second attempt to launching a podcast. So that means you had a list prior to launching the $100 MBA. Did that help in the success of the show? How important is it to have an audience prior to launching a podcast? Does having a co-partner make things easy? Should I just focus on finding a partner? It seems like it would be a lot easier and a lot more fun. P.S. I listen to a lot of podcasts and yours is right up there. Absolutely love the show. Thanks, Nandita. Well, thanks, Nandita, for listening to the show and asking your question. I know there's many other people that have the same thoughts on their mind and have the same question in their mind. And we're going to get into detail. And yes, The $100 MBA was our second attempt at a podcast, but I have to be completely honest. We had an audience, but the audience was very small. We had an email list, but it was very small. And in fact, I'd probably say our email list wasn't significantly larger Than it was when we started the first podcast before the $100 MBA. I mean, that first podcast really was a failure. It really didn't build our audience in a significant way. I'm pretty sure our list was under 1,000 subscribers before we launched the $100 MBA show. So, in the big scheme of things, 1,000 subscribers is not a lot. So, I want to answer your two questions. One, should you have the audience before you start the podcast? Or should you just focus on that after you launch the podcast or use the podcast to grow your audience? And number two, having somebody help you build a podcast, run the podcast, a good idea. I'm going to get into that one as well. All right, let's get into this whole audience discussion. I have to preface this whole discussion or this whole answer with the fact that we started the 100 MBA show about two and a half years ago, August of 2014. Even though that's not that long ago, things sort of change quickly in the world of content marketing, in the world of podcasting. You know, podcasting as a medium is only 10 years old. So a quarter of that time ago, we started the podcast, meaning that things may have changed a little bit. The climate has may have changed a little bit with podcasting. There's more podcasts in iTunes now. There are more people trying to start podcasts. There's a little bit more competition now, this is not to discourage you, and this is not to tell you that podcasting is a bad idea. Of course, it's a great idea. That's why I podcast. But I just want to put that out there. When we started the $100 MBA show, we were at a different time during podcasting. Things that may have changed a little bit, but in my opinion, not enough to make any of these strategies less effective. Okay, so I want to be completely honest with you. The reason why we started podcasting, even with our first failed podcast before the $100 MBA show, we did it to grow our audience, to build a relationship with our audience, to build trust and rapport. We didn't have an audience or a significant large audience, and therefore we thought podcasting would be a good way to do that. So I really didn't have a large audience to promote to. I was hoping the podcast was going to get me the audience. If I built a great show with great content that was valuable, I was able to attract people to my website and get them to sign up for my freebies, and I can build the relationship from there, as well as building a relationship with them on a daily basis on the show, Helping them with their business struggles and helping them along the way every day as they grow their business. So I went in with the hopes of having a show that would do that for our business. Now, having said that, I didn't just not do anything when I started the show. I didn't just launch the podcast and say, hey, it's a podcast. It's going to grow my audience. This is what podcasts do. No, I, there was a lot of work involved to make sure the show was successful. I say make sure, but it's really just I wanted to do everything possible, everything in my power to try to make this as successful as possible. So even with my small list, with my small audience, I reached out to them personally and said, hey, I'm launching a new podcast. This is what it's called. This is what it's all about. I want you to subscribe. I want you to leave me a rating and review. I want you to tell me what you think. I want to improve the show every day. So I reached out to them. I also reached out to all my closest contacts in business and in life. I literally went through my Google contact list. You know how if you just type one letter in the to space in Gmail it shows you all the people that start with that letter so I literally just started with A and looked at all the names that started with A or the emails that started with A and I just sent an email to everybody that I had in my contact list telling them about my show and it was a personal email it wasn't a blast out to you know hundreds of people I know it was one by one it was hey John how's it going how's your business doing I noticed I saw this on Facebook. Great job with that. Hey, I'm launching a podcast next week, or I just launched a podcast. I would love your feedback. You know, with a review, I would love you to subscribe and listen and tell me what you think. I did what I call, I pulled a Warwick, which stands for Dion Warwick, and Dion Warwick sings the song, That's What Friends Are For. And that's exactly the mentality I went into. That's what friends are for, to ask them for help when you need it. So I went out and I reached out every single person I could. I also made a huge effort to get on other podcasts before I launched the show, to tell them about the show. So I lined up about 10 to 12 different podcasts. Now, I probably reached out to about 30, but not all of them said yes, of course. But I got on the top podcasts I think I could get on, and I really blew it out of the water. I studied that show. I made sure I was the best guest they ever had, and I made one stipulation. I said, hey how was that episode? Did you like that recording? If the host said, yeah, that was great. That was wonderful. I said, hey, I have one request. Can you release this on August 11th? And August 11th, 2014 was the day we launched the $100 MBA show. I wanted us to be everywhere on day one. So the day the $100 MBA show launched, I was also on 12 different podcasts being released on the same day. So we seemed like we were everywhere and it added that launch momentum. I did the same thing with guest blogging. I reached out to all the bloggers I can get my hands on It was about 10 blogs that I actually guest posted and it got published the same day we launched. That was a lot of work because I wrote over 10, 2,500 word articles because some of those blogs said no and I had to just publish it on my own site, which was fine. But I wrote great content, great articles with images and everything for those blogs so I can make an impression at the bottom of the blog post. I said, hey, it seems like you're really serious about this topic. I'd love to teach you more. I have a daily podcast that's just launched today called The $100 MBA Show. Check it out here. And for the blog, it was a win-win because they got a great article as well as some you know, supplemental material for their actual readers with the actual podcast that I was launching. So if you're starting a podcast with no audience, you can actually launch and build the audience through the podcast, but it takes a lot of work, as you can see, with the guest posting, with the reaching out to your friends, with reaching out to your list, getting personal with people, really going at it. Now, I gotta be honest, it's a lot easier to launch with a list, where you have a large audience and you could say, hey, I'm launching a podcast, subscribe, this is going to be a great show. You know, you just have a built-in audience and you're just growing upon that audience with the podcast. But I have to say, a lot of people that do have that large audience already, they get lazy. They don't do all that work that I just mentioned. And a lot of things I just talked about is evergreen. That stuff lives forever. People find those posts, people find those episodes on podcasts over and over and rediscover your show. New audience members coming to your show all the time. All right, so long story short, you could definitely do it without an audience. You could start the podcast and grow your audience there, but do the legwork, reach new audiences, guest posts, do webinars, reach out and ask your friends and family to help you out. Just by subscribing to the show, it helps grow the show. Just by telling them to listen and give an honest review, that helps the show. Even friends and family, but reach out to your professional contacts as well, just like I did going through my Google Mail. Now, should you have a partner to grow the podcast with you? Now, definitely, I would not have been able to build the Hunter gay show without Nicole. And a lot of people don't realize it was just me and Nicole for about 300 episodes. We, you know, built the show from scratch, and it was just me and her for 300 episodes. We started to build a team after that. We started to get an editor. We started to get a content manager, Cindy. You know, Carl's our editor now, he's fantastic. We got a copywriter for our uh, show notes and everything. So we built our team afterwards, which is great. Once we got the show, you know, at a point we felt like we can grow and we can hire a team. But having Nicole with me at the start, even before we launched, recording the first 10, 15, 20, 30 episodes, it was just great to get the feedback, to get somebody to tell me what they thought, to tweak the show and make it sound the way it should be. You know, Nicole did a tremendous job editing the show the first 300 episodes, and Carl was trained off those episodes. He had to study those episodes to find out our style and be able to edit just like Nicole did. So getting a partner to do the podcast with you is a great idea. But I have to tell you, it's not 100% necessary. You know, Nicole's my business partner. She's my partner in life. So it just made sense. But you don't need a partner. You can actually hire somebody to help you. You can hire an editor. You can hire a content manager. You could just focus on actually producing the content and build a team around your show. If you have the funds to do that, go ahead and do that. Even if it's just part-time, if you're starting a show that's weekly or twice a week, you can definitely get somebody to work part-time to edit the show or help you craft the show for you. But at the end of the day, it's your show. You have to build, you have to get in front of it. You have to make sure it becomes what you want it to be with a partner, without a partner, with a team, without a team. So in summary, yes, I think having a partner is a great idea. If you can find somebody that you love working with that just makes perfect sense that they're on board, they're on the same page with you when it comes to the show and what you're trying to accomplish. But if they're not there and you need to start the podcast, start the podcast. Maybe later down the line, you could find somebody and get some help, hire some help to get things going for you. Nandita, I got a bit more to share with you on today's QA weekends. But before that, let me give love to today's sponsor, Northeastern University. Northeastern University's DeMore McKim School of Business offers a master's degree for corporate entrepreneurs, the MS in innovation. This program, available 100% online and completed in just one year, is designed to develop leaders and change agents within the corporate setting. If you want to foster explosive growth within your organization through next generation products or services and business model innovations, they want to hear from you. Come learn alongside their distinguished faculty members who possess extensive industry experience. And study topics that include marketing and selling innovation, service innovation and management, Financing Innovation and Growth and Lean Innovation. Northeastern is now accepting applications for its January cohort of online innovation students. Get started today by visiting msinnovation.com. That's com. To wrap up today's Q&A weekends episode, launching your podcast is a great moment. It's a great thing for you to focus on and hopefully build an audience off to cultivate an audience as well, to build that relationship with that audience. But the launch is just the beginning. The work is cut out for you when you just have the podcast and you have to deliver week in, week out, day in, day out, whatever, you know, the frequency of your show, improving your show, improving your performance on the mic, improving your content, and again, finding ways to help your audience through your podcast and therefore growing your audience. It's an ongoing process. We're still trying to do everything we can to grow our podcast and grow our audience through it. And the one thing I learned after launching the podcast is that the hard work really begins after the launch. So take the launch seriously, capitalize on it, but know that it's a long-term process. All right, I hope that answers your question, Nandita, and I hope that helped everybody who's listening. If you have a question you want to ask, email us over at at support.businessrepublic.net, or you can send me a tweet on Twitter. My handle is Zenhome. That's O-M-A-R-Z-E-N-H-O-M. All right, that's it for me today, guys. But before I go, I want to leave you with this. My best advice to you when it comes to starting a podcast is see podcasting as a craft, just like learning the piano or learning how to dance or martial arts or whatever it is. You have to commit to excellence. You have to commit to mastery. And you're not going to be great from day one. And the show is not going to be great from day one. It takes time. It takes a lot of time for you to grow a successful podcast. So just commit to it. And just commit to the fact that every time you go to the mic, that you're going to try to get better and better and better and do everything you can to market and be able to grow your audience with the show. One of my favorite examples is Jordan Harbinger, the host of the Art of Charm podcast. He started the show back in 2006, so he's been podcasting for over 10 years. That's pretty crazy. And yes, he has a top podcast, a top 50 podcast in all of iTunes, but he's been doing it for 10 years. it took him a very long time to grow his audience. And actually, he told me it only was a few years ago where he really started to get some traction on the show. It took him about five or six years just to get his groove on, to really get used to podcasting and really get really good at asking great questions and interviewing people. But he had patience, he had perseverance, and now his show is one of the best in all of iTunes. Are you willing to commit? Are you willing to see the long-term view and make it happen? I hope so. All right, I'll check you in tomorrow's episode, a must-read episode. Can't wait for that. I'll see you then. Take care.